Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a Tuesday edition, a very exciting Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast. I am John, some sports guy here. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. A lot going on right now in the Houston Texans media world. The Houston Texans news. Uh, they signed several players over the last few days, and I, I can't wait to discuss it. Of course, doing this show with none other than Cody Davis, Houston Texans reporter for ESPN Houston 97.5. Please be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And please remember to follow Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services and if you are listening to this podcast on apple podcast by any chance please be sure to leave us a five-star review as john alluded to monday was a very busy day for the houston texans as they made several transactions so we're going to start this show off today talking about nearly every single one of these guys doing a quick recap because i'm pretty sure you guys might have lost track by the number of players nick casario signed on monday later on in the show we're going to start off a new series called assessing their fit with the Houston Texans. Well, John and I will highlight two players, two new members of the Houston Texans organization, and we're going to break down and tell you guys what you can basically expect from them in 2021. And as we alluded to on yesterday's show, we're going to talk about Mark Ingram and Shaq Lawson. And later on in the show, to close out the show, John and I, we're going to revisit for the last time Davis Cully's press conference from last week because, ladies and gentlemen, there is more you can take away from that press conference other than what's going on between this organization and Deshaun Watson. So, Absolutely. On Monday, the Texans signed linebackers Joe Smith and Kamu Grugier-Hill, defensive tackle Malik Collins, wide receiver and kick returner Andre Roberts, Justin McCray, along with cornerback Trayvon Smith. Cody, I know you can't wait to dive into it. Let me just say this. You know, you've mentioned this a few times, more times than I can count, but – Fans were very disappointed, angry. I'm selling my tickets. And we got caught up in in hype when Nick Casario was first signed. And Cody, to your credit, what you always say, he he may have not been the guy that we wanted at the time, but after the first 60 days, I mean, he's who Houston always needed. And he's he's making deals, smart deals. He's, He's doing two jobs at one time. First, he's working against the previous offseason, right? And, and and I think also understanding that that's a task in itself. Also, the Texas did sign Terrence Brooke at safety. And so, you know, he is boosting this defense on all levels, and he's getting players that can play special teams and fill in holes. But he's working against what he did last season, what happened last season before his arrival. And he's also bringing in – and he's also bringing in players that can contribute right away. I love it. I really do. And the best thing that I'm loving about Nick Casario, he is not one dimensional on how he's going to improve this Houston Texans team. 
John, listeners, you guys know almost every single day on this show, we talk about ways how they can improve in the backfield. We talk about ways how they can improve the offensive line. And of course, we talk about how they can improve on the defensive side of the ball. However, we don't really say too much about special teams. And just like what a general manager does, he's looking at all aspects of this Houston Texans roster. And of course, with the signing of Andre Roberts, I like that because it, it puts the Texans in a position where they special teams is going to be better than what we saw in 2020. The Texans had one of the worst special teams in the league, far from just a year removed from when they had one of the best special teams in the league, which was during the 2019 season. Robinson, a three-time Pro Bowler who spent the last two seasons with the Buffalo Bills. Last season, he led the league in yards per return, averaging 30 yards per return. The one thing I would say when you talk about the players and the positions that Nick Casario is beefing up, I'm starting to wonder, and I'm only bringing this up because, as you guys know, on Friday, I had an opportunity to speak to Tyrell Adams, a guy who had a phenomenal breakout season last year, and he is scheduled to hit the free agency market. I'm starting to get just a little bit concerned because I want to see him back. However, I'm not too sure if he fits Casario's planning on how he wants to improve this team, because when you take a look at the number of linebackers who have been brought to this team ever since he's taken over, I think Tyrell Adams is going to be the odd man out. Which, at the same time, it might not be that bad because given how good he was in 2020, I'm pretty sure he is near the top of a lot of teams' wish list with free agency set to begin on Wednesday. And kudos to Adams for his breakout year. I think he's in a position where teams may want to, or teams may be able to offer him a little bit more to what he wants compared to what the Houston Texans are willing to give. And also he was not as much as a priority as he was for Houston. I mean, I think we can agree that getting that defensive line together was a whole lot more important. And you're able to find players in the right scheme that's, can, that can succeed. Casario is one of those real scout heavy guys. And he scouted Grugier Hill Originally, he was drafted by the Patriots. Uh, he's had opportunities to see Shaq Lawson because he's been in, in that division, right? Uh, we look at other players like Andre Roberts. He's been in that AFC East division. And then also uh, linebacker Joe Smith. All of these players that are coming in, none of these guys are knocking soft off players. Maybe you can look at Shaq Lawson because of the success that he's had in this league. And maybe Malik Collins, he's had a decent career outside of his time, that long year spent with the Raiders. But none of these players are, I'm going to come knock you soft off signings, right? And, and that's just the reality of it. But you're not going to always bring in heavy hitters. We know that. But special teams are able to win at all three phases. So look at the defense, Malik Robinson, I'm sorry, Malik Collins, uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill, linebacker Joe Smith. Look at the offense, Justin McCray, which I can't wait to discuss whether or not Max Sharpen is going to be phased out going into next year. Uh, and I say that because David Culley in that press conference did mention how he's looking to bring in guys that can compete because iron sharpens iron. And that will be something that I would discuss a little bit later. And then you bring in Traymond Smith, who's also on the defensive side of the ball. He's a special teamer. So they're not going to all be starters. They're not going to be 
heavy rotational guys. But when it's time to play, then you can trust them to get it done. Texans also signed D-tackle Vincent Taylor to a one-year deal worth $2 million. They're not playing. They're not playing. And it, and it kind of makes me wonder a little bit, my conspiracy. The entire plan was to bring in Nick Casario the entire time, right? I mean, because he's immediately coming in, assessing the problems, and getting them immediately fixed within 60 days. You know? And so I'm looking at Max Sharpen possibly being phased out. As much as the hometown may want Ross Blacklock to actually succeed and get valuable playing time, I'm not sure he'll be a part uh, of this defensive line in a substantial role moving forward. He could be in one of those Solomon Thomas situations where everybody just got better around you and it's just not working out. I'm not too sure Blacklock is going to be phased out just as yet because Last year, we know how crazy things was, not just for all rookies, but just for the Houston Texans in general. Now, hopefully, if he comes into his second year, he gets an opportunity to train. He gets an opportunity to go through OTAs and finally, hopefully have somewhat of normalcy around the organization. I believe year two is going to be better than year one. However, John, if you want to play some money, to see who's right come the end of the 2021 season. All you and I have to do is go to betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, ladies and gentlemen, March Madness is set to begin later on this week. And the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline covers everything from awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered from all new scores, odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and of course, it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. Betting on the Texans doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. I actually can't wait to dive in each and every one of these new signings. Um, I have my favorites. I have my least favorites. I, I have my my thoughts on how the entire roster lineup will uh, be affected. Honestly, we will have an offensive line competition. We don't. We really don't know, Cody, what Marcus Cannon will be in Houston. He spent time at the guard position. He spent time at the tackle position. 2016, he was an All-Pro right tackle. Right? Had a great year. Second team all pro. But Houston really feels they love Titus Howard. That was before Nick Casario, though. Right? And when I look at Max Sharpen, will he be phased out of Houston's plans? And we know that Justin Britt will be wrapping up. Uh, I'm sorry, not wrapping up, but and we know that Justin Britt will be solidifying himself as the center. And so, I, you know, you mentioned how we're going to start the new segment each time we discuss uh, the team throughout the next couple of weeks or so throughout free agency. And then of course the draft, how these players are going to affect what Houston does in the future. 
And the first name that I want to look at is Mark Ingram, simply because I just did not like the signing. He's probably the only one I'm against, not totally on board with. Mark Ingram is 31 years old, guys. I think his best days are behind him in the league. And I'm all for getting younger in the backfield, uh, which I still believe Houston may go that route in the draft in the later rounds. Yesterday, I mentioned how Ingram was phased out in Baltimore uh, after the the emergence of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And now Houston has two 30-year-old running backs as their top two options in that depth chart. And typically running backs and typically running backs pass their prime after 27. David Johnson was second in rushing yards for running backs in the league at 27 years old or older with 691. But overall, as I looked at Ingram's first year in Baltimore, I saw similarities between he and Johnson and the numbers that favored Johnson in certain areas. Number one, rushing yards with one to three yards to go. They both rushed for 3.2 yards per carry. Secondly, rushing yards between four to six yards Johnson actually had a higher yards per carry at 5.4 compared to 3.8 for Mark Ingram. Keep in mind, the Ravens might have had the best blocking unit in 2019. And I see Houston prioritizing the improvement of this unit with the hiring of James Campen, as mentioned already, signing of Justin Britt, along with uh, Marcus Cannon, who we can't wait, who I can't wait to discuss a little bit more. While the offensive line for Houston struggled at winning their initial blocks and getting to the next level last year, being one of the worst in the league, creating movement off the snap, Johnson was able to statistically have good moments that just wasn't highlighted due to the poor O-line play. But honestly, for me, they're the same player. I did not like it. Uh, Maybe Houston is looking towards transitioning how they run the ball this offseason, maybe going to a more power game. Uh, which is why they brought in Marcus Cannon and they may be comfortable with sliding down Titus Howard. Uh, But overall, you already had this option in your backfield. And we can all clearly see how terrible that offensive line was last season. Give Johnson the opportunity to redeem himself behind a better offensive line and just get younger. Because after Johnson, which we will probably – Johnson probably won't be around after next year. You don't need another older running back. You need somebody young. And like I mentioned, I think they still will address that in the draft. But signing somebody that's already in his 30s just is not the right move for me. Only trade, I'm sorry, only move that Nick Casario has made so far that I disagree with. I understand your concern, but I kind of understand where the Houston Texans are going with this. In my opinion, I believe they are trying to replicate the run scheme that they had in 2019 when they had both Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, where you had one who excelled in rushing and another one who excelled as a pass catcher. And I kind of believe that is where Houston went wrong in their run game last year because they literally had two of the same running backs in the backfield with Duke Johnson and David Johnson. And you're talking about a duo who combined for the second least yardage per game, averaging only 91.6 rushing yards in 2020. Now that you add in Mark Ingram, you have David Johnson, who is by far, and we saw this last year, who is a better pass catcher coming out of the backfield. And we know what Mark Ingram is capable of. You're talking about a guy who has recorded over 1,000 receiving yards on three separate occasions throughout his career. His latest came during the 2019 season, which is 
also his last Pro Bowl appearance. And when you take a look at his 2020 season, it was by far the worst of his career. This is a man who only recorded 300 yards and two touchdowns on 72 attempts in 11 games. However, there are two important factors that I want to point out. One, it's safe to say that he did not have the opportunity. Not only was he phased out by J.K. Dobbins, he was also playing behind Lamar Jackson. And we know, even though he is a quarterback, when you talk about the Baltimore Ravens, one of the reasons why they are one of the best rushing teams in the league is because they have a dual threat running back, possibly the best dual threat running back in the league in Lamar Jackson. And I also want to mention that this is a guy who had COVID in the middle of the season. And I don't know what it is about this, this disease and athletes, but it seems like any athlete, regardless of the sport, it seemed like once they contract COVID, they nearly do not look like the same player that they was prior to it. Just take a look at Cam Luton in New England. This was a guy who looked like he was on track for a really good comeback season. And after he was diagnosed with COVID, he did not look the same. And you can say the same thing about Mark Ingram. Are we going to see the Ingram who lit up the backfield in New Orleans in the first part of Baltimore? Probably not. And I do believe there is a great possibility that we're going to see an even split between him and David Johnson. However, like I mentioned, you have one who can excel as a rusher and the other one who can excel as a pass catcher. And before moving on, we have to discuss the Bernardrick McKinney, Shaq Lawson trade. Lawson finished with 32 tackles, four sacks in his first season with the Dolphins, matching a career high with 18 pressures and recording 14 quarterback knockdowns in 572 snaps. His 25 pressures were three off his career high of 28 in 2019. The best trade, in my opinion, for Houston. Got off of the Bedardian McKinney contract, got a traditional 4-3 defensive end. Last season, Lawson had a pressure rate of 11.5% which would have been first on Houston, right? He's going to be able to create pressure and get after the quarterback and make the rest of the front seven's job a whole lot easier. Lawson will only count $9.8 million against the camp for 2021. I like the competition between the two. I think they'll be able to make each other better. I think they'll be able to feed off one another and pick each other's brains and see what the what is the best way they can attack offenses. Do you see a scenario where Jacob Martin could be used more in the defensive end role and maybe have Omanehu play inside or a package where it could be Omanehu, Shaq Lawson, um, and now Malik Collins and Jacob Martin? I think that'll be a scary package on the 4-3. You still have two guys that can get after the quarterback, and then you have Collins and Obanehu on the inside that can really create some pressure as well. Before we get out of here, we have to dive into what David Cully said throughout his interview, um, the press conference rather, on Thursday. As Cody mentioned, there is a lot more that we can take out of that press conference outside of the Deshaun Watson situation. And so we're going to dive into that shortly. However, we have been telling you guys about Bill Barr. And you know they are the best-tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you this for a while now. Bill Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. Now it's time to find out which Bill Bar is the best because it's Bill Bar Madness. Go to BillBar.com or to at Bill underscore Bar on Twitter to check out who's going to win the matchup of Bill Bars today. 
Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com for some NFL teams, the games may be over, but the work is just beginning with free agency, of course, and the draft in a month. So join Trevor Sakima and Benjamin Solak of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week, they pick a new team, take a deep dive into potential front office and head coaching signings, a roster review, free agent strategies, and go through a team-centric mock draft. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Before closing the show today, I just wanted to go over David Cully's press conference once again. And yes, the main topic everyone wanted to talk about was what he said or what he had to say or did not say about Deshaun Watson. But after rewatching his press conference again and taking additional notes, first and foremost, I was surprised by the fact that after the first 10 to 15 minutes, there really wasn't much more of the Sean Watson questions. In fact, out of 25 questions, there was only eight surrounding everything that had to do with Deshaun Watson. However, one of my main takeaways from this is, is the fact that John and listeners, we still do not know who David Cully is as a head coach. John, Last Friday, you and I had the opportunity to listen to Sports Radio 610, and we heard everything Nick Casario had to say to those guys over there. And I like how he gave a clear-cut example, or at least a clear-cut outline on how he's going to attack free agency and how he's going to attack the NFL draft. Remember that? Unlike Nick Casario, David Cully did not do that. And when I rewatched this press conference, there is 
are two factors that I want to take away while I say to myself, David Cully missed an opportunity to showcase his coaching philosophy. One came from Houston Texans reporter, DP Sadu. I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with her. You can find her work over at HoustonTexans.com. And she asked him a simple question. How do you envision the improvements? And, and of course I'm paraphrasing here. How do you envision the improvements of second year players regarding Jonathan Grenard and Ross Blacklock? And Cully went on talking about how him and Nick Casario are evaluating everybody on this roster, and he is expecting Blacklock and Grenard to improve in their second year, just like everyone else. That was a missed opportunity for Cully, because as the head coach, I wish he would have just taken the time to just showcase his coaching philosophy on what schemes and what factors can he put in that would help these second-year guys regarding Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Gennard. And yes, I understand majority of his coaching history has been on the offensive side of the ball. However, he does have one of the greatest defensive-minded coaches in NFL history in Lovey Smith. I wish, just in my opinion, I wish he would have just talked about how him and Lovey Smith are going to work together and what type of defensive schemes they are going to put together in order to get these guys to reach their potential. The second question came from Brian Bedfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge, and Brian asked him, how is he going to use his history, use his experience as a scouter in order to help the Texans in the upcoming draft? And Cully went on talking about how that is a personnel question. And he, of course, deferred that question over to Nick Casario, who wasn't there. I understand that, but that was another missed opportunity that I saw from David Cully because I feel as a head coach, and John, you heard me say this here before on Locked on Texans, as a head coach, I want to see coaches have somewhat of an input of the players that they bring to their organization, the players that they bring to their roster. Why? Because yes, the general manager like Casario can do an awesome job building a team, but nobody knows what they need in order to make their schemes work like the head coaches. And to me, I just felt those were two moments where David Cully could have at least kind of put to ease a lot of people's minds because there are so many questions because he never been a coordinator. There are so many questions and so many people wondering, what is he going to do as a head coach? Is he a real head coach? Is he just a pawn? Those were just two moments that I say Cully dropped the ball on. And to your point, very good point, by the way. I mean, those questions of whether or not Cully is going to be a great head coach or a good head coach, a serviceable head coach, those questions are things you can kind of ease the people's mind early on, right? Before we even get to OTAs, before we even get to the draft, those are the things that we can kind of get a sense of clarity on. And, and like you say, we didn't get that. But I did like how he played Gary Coy about a lot of those questions. The reporters really wanted to know much more. You know, uh, there was one question about what are we going to see with what are we going to see happen with Bernard McKinney and Whitney Merciless? You know what he did? Deferred that over to Nick Casario. He deferred to Nick Casario several times throughout that interview. And for me, that was the smartest thing to do. He's not prepared to answer those questions, right? But Casario is. Casario is more of the general manager, I can answer these questions type of guy. Now, maybe we'll see more out of 
Damon Cully when we actually are able to evaluate the Texans games. But as of right now, he knows he's not prepared to say. And he's going to look nervous, as we mentioned. He's going to skip over things and, and not fully give the best response to questions, which that's something he's going to have to get better on. Right here in Houston, we have amazing reporters that will ask the questions that we need to hear from, that we need to hear, that we need to hear answered. And he's going to be happy. He's going to have to get ready for those. But I liked how he deferred over to his general manager because he is the one that's going to ultimately make this roster. It's not me. My job is to coach it. And, and I like that because there's checks and balances there. I'm, I'm the coach. He's the general manager. He brings in the players. I coach him up with my coaching staff. I'm John Some Sports Guy Higgins. Again, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, please subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.